Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Raquel May. Here's a bit about Raquel. She's a mother of four and a woman of faith, a a divorcee, and a person that understands that toll that bad credit leaves. She is a former bank manager, and in 2007, she started on the road to understanding credit and credit wealth because her credit at 24 was 534, and with a good paying job and a paid for car, she didn't understand why denials kept coming. She began a loan processor. She became a loan processor and saw how the subprime lending market was building was building while low credit families affected in the process. The lack of knowledge and access to it led to Evolve, Evolving Eve, which is her business. The need to build, repair, and pass on credit knowledge in her community was a need. She started Evolve Eve Consulting Services, LLC, to help women understand that financial literacy is the key to self-care. Raquel's experience provided many families with the opportunity to master credit wellness. So what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to dive into financial literacy for women and everyone, but also passing that on to our children to drive that generational wealth. So without further ado, please welcome Raquel May to GEMS Podcast. Hi! So Raquel, wow, what an impressive background. But before we dive into today's segment, I want you to tell my audience something that is different than anybody else knows and maybe your audience may not even know so what's a fun fact or something interesting oh fun fact um I know it I know this might be funny but I had been searching for my other siblings so my mom and dad had me my mom was 18 and I had gotten married before and I refused to change my last name because I was like they in these streets looking for me (laughs) I can't change my name they're gonna find me um and one day I was like laying in the bed and and I was with my current uh my future husband we were laying in the bed and I was talking to him he was he had asked me to marry him and I was like eh we got to wait. We got to hold off. I got to find my people. <laughs> and, and then um, I just got up. Like I just got up and I was like, you know what? I'm going to marry you. I'm going to take your name. And the very next day I found my sister, my brother, and my dad. Wow. <laughs> so that was like, so cool. Like literally back to back to back within a, like I found my aunts on my dad's side, my cousins. It's like the minute I said yes to my wonderful beau, it was like, I was like about time child, you playing these games in these streets. <laughs> oh, wow. So your um, family, when you found them, did you use them? Did you um, use Ancestry.com or anything like that? No, nope. so funny, funny story. I had, I was, I used to be with T-Mobile and my husband, my now husband, he works with um, 
my now husband worked worked with at the time AT&T and I had gotten mad about my phone and I was like I'm done I was just I was mad at everybody that day child I was like I'm done with everybody I'm cutting everybody off I'm getting a new number <laughs> and I went to the AT&T store and I switched out my phone and when I switched out the phone all these messages that were sitting there popped up and there was a message from two years earlier the same day two years earlier a young lady by the name of Marsha may shout out to my sister um has sent me a message and was like I'm your sister and I was like child no but when I looked at the picture I was like oh we have the same cheeks she might be related to me and then um then I found I found her so I'm originally from Jamaica my dad's dad is African um and apparently when my mom and dad split up from back home when they came when my mom came to the states they didn't talk to each other anymore um so I was like I'm never changing my name I'm gonna I'm gonna hyphenate it if I do you know that type of thing and finally I just looked at my my now husband I was like I'm gonna take your name child I'm gonna take your name let's go (laughs) (laughs) but literally it was like I picked up my phone and Facebook said this person is reaching out to you and and she sent me a message and she told me like I literally found out a whole bunch of stuff about my history how I grew up in Jamaica where my family lived like there was a large piece that was missing um and I literally in less than 24 hours found all the missing pieces like just by saying yes so sometimes y'all need to say yes <laughs> so you can wow That is definitely an interesting and fun fact. And I um, resonate with Caribbean vibes and big up Caribbean. My mom is West Indian. So she's from St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Oh, I love that. They feel so good. They feel so good. My best friend's from St. Vincent. I go to Florida just for the bake. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm doing business here, but let me stop at my bestie's house and get this good, good bake. I love it. Oh, that's funny. So now that y'all kind of have an icebreaker on Raquel, we're going to dive into financial literacy and what really led you to getting into this field. Because I know in your bio, you talked about um, the subprime lending market. And for anyone listening who may not understand or know about the subprime lending, let's start to break down some common terms that they need to know in order to fully understand financial literacy. And then we'll weave in the generational wealth piece. Okay. Um, so subprime lending now is called hard money lending. Uh, back in the day, what would happen is if you did not have a 580 or higher credit score, you would go to this particular lender that would normally charge you a higher interest rate, but would be able to get you funding at like 500, a 500 credit score or higher. So ideally, most lenders want you to have a 580 credit score or above, prime real estate is really at a 620 for you to get a lower interest rate on a home. So putting it into perspective, if you have a 710 credit score, you're looking at paying 3%. If you have a 620, you're looking at paying about five or seven. If you have a 524, you're looking at paying 15 or higher, right? So that's a difference of roughly $300,000 for the same $250,000 home that you'll be paying in interest. So that means the person that has a 524 credit score will be paying over $500,000 for the same home that a person with a 710 credit score will only be paying 300 plus thousand for. So that's what the difference really was. Um, But I was 
I, I didn't know why we were being charged what we were being charged. Like it didn't make sense to me. I was like, well, if we don't know the credit game, if we don't know how this is supposed to work for us, then how's it supposed to work for us? So my godmother um, at the time was a loan originator and she would get people into the subprime market. And then I would write letters to the credit bureaus, which at that time, that's all I knew. I knew to write letters. <laughs> I was like, that's it. You just write these letters and you tell them that you want an excuse for late payment or the numbers are not correct based on the statement that the, the client had. So they need to adjust it. Um, and those are basically the premise of what I used. I used the Fair Credit Reporting Act to leverage the credit report that says, hey, legally, you're supposed to report the proper balances on the credit cards. If you do not, then you are in breach of the Fair Credit Reporting Act and we can then sue you, right? And then they'll go, my bad. <laughs> they'll correct it and then give you the points back. Um, so when I started doing that for a lot of my, for a lot of my, my aunt's clients, they were able to refinance and go from that 15% interest rate to refinance their loan to the three or lower, depending on how high we got their credit score up to. Um, and that's really what started it. And then a monster broke out from there. So, <laughs> Wow. And it you definitely save a lot of money because what people don't realize is sometimes a lot of your payment is going towards that interest until you bring that interest down. And once that interest is brought down, then you could focus on the principal. So some people are like, well, I'm paying extra here. I'm not seeing anything chip away. But sometimes, especially in the mortgage industry, when you pay extra, you need to let them know, I want this extra money to go towards the principal, not the interest. And you don't know what you don't know. And the Times have changed, like right now with the housing market. Um, like last year, the interest rates were extremely low. So a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon to try to get their homes refinanced and there was other things. But then, you know, the interest rates increase every day because the market is always working. And some people don't know that. And then whenever you think about um, another part of financial literacy is stocks and bonds and all of that. And that's also another segment that we can focus on, um, Raquel, if you know any expertise on that, because I definitely want to put as much information as we can, but not overwhelming the audience here, but just enough for them to go do their research and be diligent stewards of their finances and being literate about it versus illiterate. I totally agree. And a lot of things that I think are left off of the table are the fun facts. Like you can pay your mortgage off five to seven years sooner if you split it up to biweekly payment. That process applies to any installment loan that you're paying. So before we continue, I want to explain what an installment loan is. Uh, versus a revolving loan. So an installment loan is basically your mortgage, your car payment, um, your student loans. It's something that you're paying on. And once you've paid off the debt, you no longer own the debt, but you're not able to use the funding, right? So in, in essence, you buy a car, you're paying a monthly payment in five years, six years, three years. Once you're done, you're done and the car is yours. Revolving debt allows you to have either a credit card or a credit line that says, hey, I'll give you $1,000 
and you can use as much as you want to, you pay it off and you get to use it again, right? That's why it's called revolving. We don't know the tactics <laughs> that will benefit us um, in advance. I tell all my clients that come to me, when you purchase a car, if you purchase a car this month, they're not going to start the payments until the next month. And some car places will give you a 90-day gap period to where you don't start your payment for 90 days. Baby, don't use that. Don't use that. Don't. I tell them don't use that, okay? If they're giving you that 90-day grace period, then every single month until that 90-day, pay half of what your amount is for your auto payment. So if your auto payment is $300, you get the car on the 15th of February. Well, it's March now. So you get it on April 1st. If you get the car loan on April 1st, on April 15th, pay that $150. Then on the 1st of, uh, what's after April? May. On the 1st of May, you pay that other $150. If you keep doing that, by the time the actual payment comes in, you have chipped away at your principal because remember, most places, principals, Interest is charged daily, not monthly, it's charged daily. So if you are trying to make a change and make a dent in what you're doing, setting up those biweekly payments and the, the goal is to set it in advance so that you're already paid out a month ahead. So they're not charging you as much interest on the back end. Now, I do want y'all to understand, not all creditors allow you to do that. So you want to read your paperwork to confirm if you do this, is there an early payment penalty? Because they do get us, honey, if we don't read the paperwork. So you want to know if it's an early payment penalty. You want to know if they accept breakdowns because there are some vendors that will say, no, we don't accept biweekly payment. I got you. This is what you do. You still pay on the beginning of the month. <laughs> and force them to apply the additional to the principal. So even if they don't take biweekly payment, you, you can still pivot them and guide them into, hey, my payment is $300 a month. I pay on the first the month before, and I want anything additional that I pay to go to my principal. You have the power to direct that. Absolutely. There is always a way to work around the system and definitely be smart with your finances and your money because I tell you that interest rate definitely will add up over time. And you want to make sure that the amount that you're saving by paying early or by chipping away at some of the principles, you take that money and you diversify it. You could diversify it into a savings account. You could diversify it into your own 401k that you set up outside of your employer or even annuities. There is ways to move your money into different vehicles to work for you. And then I want to highlight on the student loan piece. I could talk about this briefly. So when I was in school, there are two types of loans, subsidized and unsubsidized. One accru accrues interest and one does not. So versus um, getting those rebate checks whenever I would get money back from financial aid, I would take that money that I got back and pay it towards my student loans. That way I'm paying on it while I'm in school and I'm not coming out of school with a bunch of debt because, oh my gosh, even when I got married, I had to tell my husband, hey man, you're marrying me with like 40,000 of debt. And I was like so nervous, but I'd rather say that versus some of my girlfriends who had six figures of student loan debts because I can't imagine like bringing that into a relationship. But hey, if it happened to you, you know, you can't control it, but what can you do to work around it? And there's always different um, programs that you could use that will help you 
forgive some of your debt. So always look for those programs and read the fine print. Now back to you, Raquel, feel free to add on there. Yes, and right now the student loan, because you know I love talking about student loans. Oh, student loans are being forgiven until May 1st. I do offer um, a program where we help you with student loan forgiveness. We help you with consolidating your student loan. So if it's not something that you are well-versed in, you feel a little nervous about, um, we will help you lower your student loan payment and we will do it for you every year. So you can sign up and do it one year or you can go ahead and auto renewal where we're, where we're going into it. But a lot of people don't know if you work for the government, you can get student loan forgiveness. If you are a truancy officer, if you're a police uh, policeman, if you're a firefighter, if you work at the hospital, they're offering ways to reduce the amount that you owe. And a lot of people don't know it's based on uh, some of the forgiveness programs are based on if you make a payment. So if you're making consistent payment, even if they lower that payment amount to $40 or they lower it to $5, if you're making consistent payments, they will forgive a portion of your loan because they understand that this debt is crazy. So you definitely want to leverage that. And I will be dropping my booking link for you so that if anyone does need that help, they can sign up and, and have a consultation with me because I really think we don't understand the debt. Like my husband, um, he just he just finished with an MBA and we were able to finish with an MBA with under $200,000 worth of debt. And then we had to turn around and we did a consolidation. We did consolidation and then we did a loan forgiveness program. And now he's only paying back $76,000. That's still a lot of money, but it's not $200,000. And he left with an MBA. So sometimes it's just understanding the programs that are out there, speaking to someone that has knowledge on how to maneuver within the programming is, is definitely important. And you want to talk to someone who has been down that road, right? That's basically why I even got into banking was because I kept getting overdrawn and I didn't understand why. I was like, I get paid on Thursday. I get paid on Thursday. This came out on Thursday. <laughs> They're like, no, Raquel, it came out on Wednesday because you swipe the card on Wednesday and your money hit on Thursday, right? So if you have an insider uh, trader, if you have someone that knows the details, you want to leverage that. And there are people here who actually know how to help you get out from student loan debt and take what the government is providing. They're giving you an extension till May 1st. That means you have that breathing room to kind of speak to someone or research it yourself to go online and see what programs you qualify for. Um, and I really suggest you guys do that. Now, I do think, sidebar, I do think they're going to extend it because they've extended it three times. Just go ahead and give us another one. But, I, you know, it's like, and it's like the group in Vogue. It's four members. Just give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, there was one lady who her student loan debt got forgiven, but because she was paying on it, the government refunded her money back. So do you know about that? Because I definitely want to hear about that. And I think somebody else will as well. Absolutely. So what happens is most of the programs, if you've made 200 payments, they allow you to forgive the balance of the loan. And what people don't understand is that those payments are not just monthly payments. So when I talk about breaking your payments down, right, and, and being an aggressive payer and doing biweekly payments, if you're paying, if your amount is $100 that you have to pay, but you pay 50 at the beginning of the month or 50 at the end of the month, at the middle of the month, that's two payments. 
So now you're even closer to that $200, right? So you're still paying $100, but I don't gave you 200 payments. Technically, I only gave you 100, but come on, just give me that credit. So what'll happen is because of the fact that she was supposed to be forgiven at a certain price point, when they saw that she had overpaid, they had to give her the difference because she had met the requirements that qualified her to have a certain dollar amount forgiven. Um, some people are getting all of their student loans forgiven period. So like if you are a teacher and you work for um, the school for five years, they will wipe out your student loan debt, right? So you wanna know what category you qualify for and who will be able to maneuver and shift you accordingly. Okay, awesome. And then for, for anyone who is interested in learning, how can they go back to um, the Board of Education and say, hey, I noticed that I made 200 payments and I did not get refunded for the overpayment. How can they maneuver that to get that money back? And then the last segment, we'll talk about generational wealth. Oh, you're on mute. Yeah. I my mouth too much. <laughs> I was like, let me see why I said that. Um, so what you would do is you would log into your student portal and you would go in and you can either apply or see if you qualify. Um, so I will also send you the link for that for you to log in, but you can go to um, fsa.org in order to look to see what your status is for your financial aid and they actually have a repayment section and a loan forgiveness section so if you qualify for loan forgiveness and you've already met it you can still fill out the application so if you've been paying on student loans from when you got out or in your case while you were in there <laughs> you you were able to get it so you already pre-qualified because you've met the either the standing of the career that you decided to choose they're waiving it all the way out or if you've made 200 payment 200 payments i think some places it's 204 payments depending on what your degree is um you can actually go onto that site or you can click my my uh booking link and we can have a free consultation to kind of go over that together Amazing. Yes, definitely send that link because y'all, I'm going to go secure my bag and get my money back in Jesus' name. I'm claiming it. So, <laughs> Raquel, I want you to talk about some tips that some of the parents could be um, mindful of on how to really drive generational wealth versus generational debt. Because you parents out here putting light bills in your kid's name, getting credit cards and doing the most, I'm going to need you to stop doing that. Why don't you get a business credit card and put your son or daughter on that so they could get business line of credit? Or if you have an LLC, put your son or daughter on that or anything like that so they show that they're credit worthy, they show how long they've been in business and et cetera, versus trying to accumulate debt under your kid's name because you didn't do what you're supposed to do in order to get your affairs in order. And I know life happens, but come on now, your child is innocent and they should not have to pay for your negligence or ill will. So that's a two-parter and I love when I get this, honey. I'm so, I'm so excited when it comes to credit card. I don't even know. Okay, so first part of that that I wanna tackle is if there's anyone out there who has debt before they turn the age of 18, legally, you are allowed to have that debt removed. I'm gonna rewind that. 
if your mama <laughs> said we need these lights okay and we don't afford them i want you to understand that you can have that removed because that was not you are not at age and contractually you cannot be held responsible for debt that you are consuming before you at or at contractual age which is normally 18 years old so that's tip number one uh tip number two i you know i'm an advocate because i hire my children i hire them because they're expensive okay these people want these nike shoes okay me i just want things to look good okay but they want the brand in these streets so i do recommend that you do hire your children because number one if you have a business and you hire your children you pay them at least twelve thousand five hundred dollars they are a tax write-off on top of the child income credit that we are currently receiving so free 99 game hire your kids i don't care if they're your cameraman i don't care if they're your post your mail runner um give them a tangible job description pay them every two weeks let give them the understanding of what an employer is going to want how they're going to want it done and i always tell my, my my kids always tell me that i want too much okay and then, <laughs> that i'm asking for way too much and i'm like well, when you go to the man they're gonna ask you for more so come to this woman and do what i need you to do but if you hire your children that is a tax write-off for your business if they are doing a tangible job and you want to have them do that job hold them accountable i even have employee of the month for my corporation and i'm telling you everyone gets recognition for what they do right and some members are really good in their craft and you are then able to see this is just for my mommy my mommy lens i'm able to see what my children are really good at and and then get them to be eager about it so now they're not working because i need this income they're working at something that they're passionate for because their mom already kind of gave them that space and area to do it so it's a twofer you get you get a write-off and they get to do what they love but definitely adding them to the to the business will be great but what i always tell people is when you're trying to create generational wealth the best thing you can do and if you don't have um what's the word i can look at it if you don't have um a good cutoff like some people they have a credit card and they got to use it like <laughs> they got to use it in real time i would say I diligence if you don't have yes. diligence or yes. steward uh stewardship there we go. You want to make sure that you're doing things adequately for yourself. So one of the things that I tell my clients to do, there's a trick that um, the rich do to their children. They give them access to credit, not the actual card, but they give them access to the credit line in the payment history that they have for their credit cards. So I tell my clients, if you end up um, wanting to gift your children the benefit of good credit. Like my 17 year old is going off to college and his lowest credit score is, is score, credit score is a 757, right? And that was because I had a credit card that was well over 10 years old. I've always made on-time payments with that credit card. I went ahead and I said, I'm gonna add my son on as an authorized user. So now all of that on-time payment history, which is 35%, um of what your credit score is and let's talk about what that is in scoring numbers so goal is an 800 credit score if you have on-time payment history from when you open your account until the end the max amount that you can get is 192.5 points 
So on-time payment history is a bulk of what your credit score is built upon, right? So if you then have a credit card that's been open for 10 years, you add your 13-year-old on that card. By the time they're 18, they're going to have good credit. You don't have to give them the card. I don't. Well, I'm going to tell the truth because I don't like to lie. They are on several of my cards but they only have access to one. And what I did personally was I created a, a card that was only like $500 and I split it between my two oldest boys. So both of them have a card and that's their like lunch money, their spending money for the month. If they max out that 250, you, you out of luck. Now I personally pay it every two weeks when they're supposed to get allowance because that's where their allowance kind of goes. Um, and that way, when they, they have good control as to what they're spending, they have a budget that they know they cannot go over, right? So I'm teaching them realistic tools without having to have an argument about it, right? I'm creating a, a good relationship between money, spending habits, what do you have to use? Now, that credit card limit is actually $1,000, but I did tell them, hey, you can use $500 a piece. And the reason that I did that was because I knew that they had other credit cards that even if they use 50% of this card, they were not going to be going over 30% utilization um, of their overall credit history because the other cards are $10,000 lines, $20,000 lines, and those limits are available. So when you're having these conversations with your children and you're wanting to pass on this knowledge, you have to know the numbers. You have to know how does one thing impact the other. And piggybacking, they call it trade lines when you don't know someone, but when you're doing it as a family relationship and you're adding your children on, the terminology is known as piggybacking. And that's where you add your children on as an authorized user. You can delegate if they get a card or not. <laughs> and you just make sure you make the on-time payment. And that on-time payment will also create a credit profile for your children and they won't get any of the side effects. So they're not gonna be charged or they're not gonna lose points for running their social security number. None of that is gonna be done, right? You're just using your own good credit standing to then impart that onto your child. And to me, that the best thing I could have ever did to my children besides hiring them <laughs> was giving them the understanding of what a statement is. What does it look like? What is your responsibility? And what should that song and dance be? Um, to credit because I tell my kids all the time, Adam got a second chance and so should we when it comes to our credit. But if you can do it right the first time, do that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then that knowledge is going to be able to be passed down. They're going to be able to pass it down to their kids. And that's also another way to um, increase generational wealth, but also generational literacy, because you don't know what you don't know. And it's so important that we make it make sense on their terms and at their level. So we're setting them up for success. And as we wind down, Raquel, I want you to leave the listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment. Listen, credit is a game. <laughs> and my goal is to teach you how to win. If you guys are in need of understanding what's going on with your credit, if you have not checked your credit, take the time, visit my site. I'm literally in these streets. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I want you guys to know your numbers. All too often, we are afraid to see 
uh, what's going on. And I feel it's kind of like a horror movie, how we view our credit. It's not a scary movie. It's more of a suspense thriller. So if you get over that hump and you actually pull your numbers, you'll be able to start making real tangible movements and pivot yourself to go exactly where you want so if you want that dream home you want that dream car I want you to have it God wants you to have it like it is it is purpose and it's boiling in your spirit to get it do the work to be able to close the deal for yourself and find out the numbers because what you don't know is always scary once you know what the problem is you can then put action behind it to make a change. And I definitely am so excited to see everyone win in these credit streets in 2022. <laughs> Amazing, Raquel. And for those who are interested in connecting with you via your website and where you hang out on social media, I'm going to need you to plug your info so there's no excuse for them not to connect with you. Absolutely. So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It, Facebook is Evolving Eve. Instagram is Evolving Eve Services. You will see my pretty face and a blue logo. That is me. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. I know, right? Right? Come catch me. Catch me in these streets. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Raquel May. It's soon to be Raquel May David because I am going through the paperwork. Yes, so excited. Um, but I definitely um, would love for you guys to see me. My website is www.evolved lifenow.com and um, you can email me at support at evolvelifenow.com because I definitely want you guys numbers to evolve and I want you guys to be able to feel empowered with all the knowledge that is out there um, so definitely connect I and you can slide into my dm like I answer questions <laughs> I answer questions because a lot of times people are like I was scared to message you girl message me message me because sometimes you have a question and you don't know who to ask right and if you ask me and I don't know I can definitely point you in the right direction circling back you were talking about investments I actually do not know a lot about like cryptocurrency and things of that nature but I do have an amazing contact her name is Shakira I will get Shakira Sullivan Sylvester sorry Shakira Sylvester I always rename her I'll give you her contact information. She is amazing in these Forex uh, streets. She actually is amazing with crypto. And I think she does NFT, which I think is all the rage right now. I really don't know a lot about it. I stay in my little space over here. But I definitely think it's amazing for us to be able to have our money work for us. Um, instead of the other way around. And really, that's what the one percenters do. We just have to figure out how to get into that space, right? Um, so I really want to say thank you for letting me even come in and be a part of your gem room. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And I hope I get to come and speak to you guys again, because there's so much more that I can like, like I was like, oh, we can talk about this. We can talk about this. There's so much more I want to give. So definitely hope we can connect again so that I can drop more tea, more knowledge and give you guys the tools to really pivot in the direction that you're looking to go.
And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Once again, I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amarskamp, and you just heard Raquel May. So make sure you do your due diligence. Never stop asking questions. Learn about what certain points are and make sure you set yourself up for success by tapping into financial literacy while also building generational wealth for your family. Until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We're on 40 plus platforms and follow us on YouTube at GEMS with Genesis Amars Kemp. If you're interested, interested in contributing monetary wise we are allowing um, brand sponsorships as well as um, paid interview segments for anyone is interested in solely talking about your product and services please reach out via gems with genesis amaris kemp at gmail.com to keep the mission going with the podcast we need lights um, always looking for new microphones and etc. And donations are always welcome. So thank you so much. And until we chat next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel. Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G E M S, with W I T H, Genesis, G E N E S I S, Amaris, A M A R I S, Kemp, K E M P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, Your services could be here on GEMS Podcast.